0: Today, but we've gone to one of the classic historical giants of the English game. Come to the back to my home home region, back in the Midlands. I'm at the Villa, and I'm with Luke Robinson from Up the Villa Podcast. Luke, how you doing over there, mate? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me on. Uh, cheers. Really appreciate it, and looking forward to getting a bit more insight into the the club today. But um, before we get started. Just tell us a bit about the podcast. So how long has it been going and how, you, how did you get involved in it? So
1: it's been going for like bang on a year really. Um, I, I'm a hairdresser so I, I got furloughed early days of Covid and I thought what can I do to to pass the time and to you know to try and have something to do basically because I thought I'd be off for a long time. So you know, I've been on Villa Twitter for, for a few years and I would built up a bit of a following and I just thought, just go for it. I'm a Villa season ticket holder. So create the podcast. Um, the main philosophy of the podcast is the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, as everyone knows, football nothing without the fans. What we've seen at the minute, really, uh, <laughs> with no fans in stadiums. So, yeah, it was, it was all about giving them a platform to come on and have their say after the games really and it it took off really well and it's 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 growing month by month which is really good so gotta keep it going now (laughs) gotta keep doing it which
0: is the hard work it is it is I can fully appreciate that I mean it's been great during Covid sort of the Covid pandemic in particular how sort of supporter groups have bonded and we've seen this growth of podcasts like both of us, and over over the last twelve months, it's it's been a really great thing to see from you know from my side as well. And I see at many clubs as I travel around that supporters are uh, unifying. I think you'd agree. Villa have got a very strong fan base there, haven't they?
1: The fan base is huge. Um, it, it's massive. And when we got promoted, the commentator said, "You know." Sleeping giants back or whatever, he, whatever that <laughs> analogy was. But it, it's true that the Villa fans just back Villa to the to the sky. Do you know what I mean? And they're, they're just such a good fan base to get behind everything, and um they're very very passionate fan base as well. They
0: certainly are. I mean, many people forget. It's like without the Villa, you know, it's probably fair to say. It wouldn't be a football league, you know, historically, they they are the cornerstone of everything that has grown in in England since way back when in the 19th century. I mean, there've been a lot of high points along the way. Can you just, for those people who may be raising an eyebrow a bit newer to football, do you want to share a bit of, of Villa's past with them? Yeah, I mean,
1: Aston Villa were one of the founding members of the Football League, um, so that in itself brings heritage. Um, you know, Villa have uh, have had a, a really good past, you know what I mean? We've won League Cups, we've won FA Cups, we've won League titles, we won the European Cup in 1982. Aston Villa are, are a massive, massive football club and they're one of the biggest football clubs in England. I think it's very difficult to, to say that when, you know, if you if you're of a certain age where you may be still in your twenties, where you've just not seen Villa at the top of the leagues or, or anything like that, if you're a city fan, but. Aston, Aston Villa are bang up there with, with the club honours of the top, top clubs in English football. So um, they are a massive club and, and at the minute they are sort of on the rise again from, from where we've been. We got relegated in 2015, 16. Uh, we managed to get back into the Premier League and, we got took over by very wealthy owners during that period as well. So we are on the rise, and each season we are getting better and better. You just have to look at the, the size of the football stadium. Um the training complex now is, is is top class. It's up there with um the top clubs in English football. Um so yeah, we just we, we have been a sleeping giant really, and we and we, we are back on the rise, but you know, we have got a proud history and, and we have won a lot of things. So, yeah, Villa are massive, really. <laughs> they
0: really are. They really are. It's You say quite rightly there, sort of pre-the-oligarchy era, you know, when Abramovich sort of triggered this new era of football. Uh, Villa were right at the top, if you look at uh, honours at Cups won, Leagues won. We're right up there with with the giants of the game and it's only since this huge injection of cash has come in that it's... Would you say perhaps, you know, football's been tainted a little bit by the money? I mean, it's great now. Villa have caught up with these. Who are the new owners, by the way? So we've
1: got Wes Edens and Nassif Suarez. Um, so that, um, Wes Edens owns the Milwaukee Bucks NBA team mm-hmm. and um, Suarez is a very wealthy businessman. He's Egyptian. Um, he owns stakes in Adidas as well. So uh, basically, we got relegated from the Premier League, and we was owned by Tony Gia, who nearly liquidated Aston Villa. We were nearly, we were virtually in administration. Uh, but at the final moments, these guys bought Aston Villa, um, and in their first. Tenure of of ownership in the first season, they owned us. We managed to get promoted to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was ahead of where they sort of wanted Aston Villa to be. It was a bit more of like a season on season. that projected us to get there eventually, but we managed to get promoted at the first at the first chance. Um, stayed in the Premier League the, the next season, and last season we finished eleventh. So they're very wealthy. That they're the, the signings that we're making are very, very good. The recruitment has been bang on since they've came in. Um, they've been putting money into the club continuously. They've, they've got us a new training complex at Bodymore Heath as well, which is top quality. So, so far, so good. You can't, you can't speak highly enough of them because, you know, a lot of fans are thinking, where are Villa getting all this money from? But they're very, very wealthy people. And um, yeah.
0: Right, right. Um, multi-, right. Multi-, right. multi billionaires, in not they? Multi billionaires. Uh, it wasn't always like that with the Villa, was it? With uh, uh, my my sort of early memories were a deadly. Doug, you know, God rest his soul. It's very different era then. But Villa still, Villa Park has always been sort of you know one of the central stadium central figures of of the English game. What's it? What's it like these days? Have there been any sort of developments recently, or is it still pretty much how it was?
1: Yeah, so it's pretty much how it was. Um, Like I say, we've developed Bodymore Heath, so the training complex is top quality now. They're creating a new academy uh, right next to Villa Park, so this is funded by the new owners. And what that's going to be doing is it's going to be enabling kids who are less privileged, who probably can't travel to Bodymore Heath, who, you know, it's going to create a culture there, uh, slightly different to what it is at the minute, basically. Um, and it's just going to develop young talent. And that's one thing that Aston Villa are all about at the minute. The owners have pumped in a lot of money to the academy to get the 16, 17, 15-year-olds in mm-hmm. early and develop them that way, as opposed to spending 23, 24 million pound on a 20-year-old. On a We're trying to tilt... It back to sort of like the old days of, of of football, really, where you're developing your academy, your players yeah. come from your academy, and, and that's what Villa are trying to do. Um, because for so many years, Villa have, have not been able to, to sell a player and make a profit. Yeah. And I think when you're trying to run a football club, at the end of the day, the owners are trying to make money. And, and at the minute, Villa don't make money. So there's got to be a plan in place where... they they can make some money and and that's the vision that they're going down basically.
0: Ah, fair enough. I mean, it's great to see them, you know, invest in the local community there just for people perhaps who aren't from the UK. Where exactly is uh, Villa Park in the sort of relationship to other sort of key landmarks? And obviously you're in Birmingham.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it is in Birmingham. It's, It's in Aston, um, you Know it's it, to be fair, it's not the nicest of places, uh, in Birmingham, uh, but it could be worse, it could, it could be, uh, it could be somewhere else in Birmingham. Small you know, peas by any yeah, chance, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that name, but uh, yeah, so it, it could be there, but you know, it, it, it's it's all right. Like I say, they're trying to redevelop the area, uh, with the academy, there's plans of an expansion of the north stand, so ah, okay. You know, so the, there's a lot of land there as well, so it, it can be developed. But, yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's in the nicest of areas. Um, you know, I mean, Everton are having their new stadium. It's going to be in, like, the Merseyside docks. So mm. that, that sort of setting's really nice, but it, it's it's nothing compared to that, really.
0: <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh I mentioned that you say there are other clubs in in, in Birmingham and uh, in the wider West Midlands area. What's the relationship like obviously the the Birmingham city rivalry is the most famous one. What's your relationship like with the Birmingham and also, you know, what are the relationship like with the other teams in the in the local region? Is it friendly with any of them or fierce? Yes, yeah,
1: so I mean the one with Birmingham, it, it's it's obviously it's the biggest derby in it's a it's a big one. It's a big one. You look at like Arsenal, Tottenham, and it's it, it's bigger than that. It, it's it's huge. Um, the rivalry is just massive. It goes back years. I'm not one of these villa fans that literally hates on Birmingham. Like I've got Birmingham mate fan um, friends at sport Birmingham. We have we talk about them all the time. So I get the rivalry, but for me, I'm not one of these ones that are like I hate Birmingham or it's too toxic for me. I just I don't like them, but um, you know, I don't I don't think it's toxic for me either. So, but it, it's a it's a big derby, you know. It's the fans hate on each other, and the atmospheres are are huge. You, you feel the derby day buzz, mm-hmm. you know, a week before the game. I mean, the other derbies. Wolves, it's it's pretty mellow to be fair, the, the rivalries, it's there but it's nothing major. The other big one I'd probably say is West Brom uh, and I'd say that's probably more on the West Brom front for me, that, that they feel like the Villa derby, it, it's massive for them as well but I think Villa fans tolerate West Brom in a way but mm-hmm. it, it's not huge. Um, and then you've got, like, we have a pre-season at Warsell. That That's a pretty nice pre-season friendly as well. So they're, they're, a, they're a good club as well, Warsaw. But, you know, I think the thing with the rivalry with the Midlands clubs is because Villa have got such a proud history, we've been the biggest club in the Midlands since forever, basically. Uh, you know, it, it's only natural for those opposing clubs to want to beat Villa and, and to have that rivalry themselves. So... Yeah, we are not the most favourable club in the Midlands, but uh, you know, it's just for, for those reasons. Really, uh,
0: it's, it's the success that we've had. Uh, fair enough. Well said, as well. Now, I can't can't talk to a Villa podcast without mentioning Jack Grealish, You know, uh, local boy, local boy done good is uh, probably the best best way to, to describe him. I mean, what does it mean for Villa fans to have the local addict? did he, did he come through the academy
1: yeah, uh he did,
0: he did uh you know to have him being such a central figure for the club the club identity and now becoming a central figure for the english team you know as as we record this during the euros so i mean again he, he's a bit of a Marmite player
1: for 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 <laughs> fans basically for for opposition fans they they see the Theatrics of a of a dive, basically, and and you know they they don't like his hair, they don't like his socks, and fans don't like him really. But he's the best footballer I've ever ever watched at, mm-hmm. at Villa Park. He's phenomenal. I watched him in the Next Gen series, so it was a it was a youth Champions League tournament, basically. And I remember watching him playing in that and thinking this kid was quality. And he's, he's just gone on from strength to strength. Every season, he gets better and better. His touch, his weight of pass, his finish, the way he moves with the ball, is a, joy, is a joy to watch. And when you go to a football match, it's like some people would pay to go to watch the theatre, go to the cinema. You're there to be entertained. And when he's on the pitch, you're entertained. And he's just fantastic. And I think the whole nation in England are uh, uh, looking at him now thinking what a player he is because he's, he's just so good. And I think he's just going to get better and better every season. And it's just a privilege to say that he actually plays for Aston Villa. We, we do get to watch him week in, week out. And he's done so much for the club. He, he dragged us to promotion. He, he's kept us in, he's helped keep us in the Premier League. Um, we're now bringing in better quality of players around him, which is going to make him even better. Is going to make Villa even hmm. better. So, yeah, I can't.
0: I can't give you any more narratives than he's world <laughs> he's class, basically. It Really is, and it's a great. Great to see him come from the local community. Now, you mentioned earlier, Luke, about. Uh, Villa investing in the academy by, by the ground which is going to be great. Are there any other sort of projects that the villa do to support uh, groups around Birmingham in particular and are they, are there any that they've particularly sort of developed during the you know during the pandemic to help people from more disadvantaged areas uh, get through the pandemic?
1: Yeah, so the big one is actually connected to Aston Villa. You've got the Aston Villa Foundation, which is a charity group, basically, which helps support the local community. They've done a lot for homelessness. They've done a lot for mental health. We've been involved in in, in their mental health projects, um this since COVID brought came. So uh, basically, it's just about giving the message to the fans and they've been doing a lot of stuff like workshops to help people get through, um, furlough, COVID, stress awareness, they've been doing a lot of stuff for that as well so they're, they're massive to be fair, they they help bring the community together um, and they help support a lot of people, you've got Villains Together which are you know, helping diversity in football as well. They're they're a massive one. You've got the Punjabi villains as well. They're huge for for everything that they're doing. So connected to Aston Villa are a lot of these groups which do help bring us all together, which is is what you need. And if you're thinking about football in general, football comes from the community, the Mm -hmm. community of Aston, where Aston Villa is, Needs to be supported by uh, such a f- a fantastic football club. To be fair, and, and everything that they can do around that community is only gonna improve the the standard of uh, the standard of living in that community. If you get what I'm saying as well, okay. so uh, they do do a lot of stuff, which is again a, a credit to the club. And you were asking, you were talking earlier about like you know what Villa do and, and what they are and. and and what you know, where they've come from, and, and that's just a testament to the club that they they do those type of things as well. So yeah, it, it's just brilliant, and it's it's off the field stuff as well, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's not just what you see on the pitch; it's it's what they could do to help other people and, and people that even don't support Aston Villa.
0: It's I mean it's great to hear. It's something that yeah, I'm very passionate about myself. It's uh, something I also believe doesn't get the media that it deserves because football has this great power to support people in ways that no no other sport can. No other sport has this sort of unique power of reaching out into the communities to the extent that football can, which is great to see. But Besides all that good stuff, it's always about the match day. <laughs> it really is. Now, what are the support groups like at the Villa? Are you quite a unified bunch? Are there sort of different supporters groups sort of competing for control? What's the atmosphere like on a match day? Where's the best place to go to get some good noise? You know, where's, what, best, what the best parts of the ground? So we do have uh, support groups. We've got like the Bedford
1: Lions uh, they're 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 a great bunch of people as well, and there's just the support groups for just every area basically in the whole of the UK. <laughs> uh, some go to the games, and obviously some don't because they they live so far away. There's support groups in like America, Australia, um, so we are a connected bunch on a match day, I'd say. Um, yeah, for me, the Aston Tavern's good. I like going in there. It's got like a real. Good beer garden section as well when it's nice and sunny, um, and you know I like to get in Villa Park pretty early as well and just mingle with, mingle with the fans as well. Really, so a uh, bit of both on a match day. I like going to the to the pub, but I also like just getting in the stadium early. Uh, that's one area that I do think Villa need to improve on a little bit though. Is the the match day experience for the football fan? I think when. When you go to the games and sort of all you're doing is just literally turning up, having a beer in the stadium, and then going home watching the game, I feel like we could probably create a, yeah. a bit of a vibe, um, which is an area that I think they are actually actually looking
0: at at the minute as well. Are you a are you a hold tender or do you prefer elsewhere in the ground? Yeah, no, I, I'm <laughs> right in there. I am. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I,
1: I, I, I just like the atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a release as well, isn't it? You know, if you if you chanted on yeah. the terraces, you, you forget <laughs> your personal life and just focus on the game and stuff. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm up there.
0: So you'd recommend the Hall 10 for those who want a bit of atmosphere coming oh, along? It's, it's the best standing, <laughs> really, the best standing <laughs> in English football. Oh, oh yes. I, I, I was actually there... Uh, at the very last game before the old halt end, the terrace was knocked down and replaced with the old Seat Tower. Remember the atmosphere very well. Showing my age there, though, sadly. uh <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is. Would you say it's one of the, you know, sort of the historic terraces? I was talking to a Liverpool fan about the COP. Uh, a few weeks back, so, sorry, a Liverpool reporter. <laughs> Apologies, Matt, if you're listening. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Carp, the Hall 10, these are really iconic places within the English game that, you know, fans worldwide know about. I've, I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me there. Yeah, I
1: mean, if you listen if you listen to any Pundit, Neville, Carragher, their favourite away days, Villa Park, Villa um, Park, and that, that's a testament to the to the stadium. Um you know, it, it, it's not as big as the Emirates or Spurs' new stadium. It's probably not as fancy, but you can't beat a traditional football stadium and you can't beat a traditional football stand either. And in my opinion, I feel like the whole tent goes under the radar as well. Um within the football world, um it's it's so loud. It's it's the noise in that stand is deafening at times. Uh, it's got seven thousand five hundred fans in there, uh, and it, like I say, it, it's one of the it's one of the biggest stay one of the biggest stands, single seater stands there is to be fair. So uh, I think it's
0: brilliant. oh brilliant, brilliant. Do you think Villa fans would support a move to one of these new more corporate bowls, or do you think Villa fans in general are more? Know preferred the more traditional approach that the Le Park offers. I think I'd do
1: a three quarter. <laughs> I think, I think um, the North Stand needs to go. Basically, it's it's a shocker. It, it looks <laughs> a shocker. It's like an eighty sort of block of flats, basically. Um, so I would like to see the Trinity Road all the way around. And stop at the halt end. That 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 would be my vision of Villa Park (laughs) looking like. I think it would just it just makes sense. We we had the Trinity Road redeveloped, uh, you know, and it's it's a it's a nice stand. And I think you know you could you could never knock that down now Mm. because it's pretty new. So I'd follow it around a little bit and just leave the halt as it is.
0: Ah, right. Now you mentioned uh, the Aston Tavern. Am I right? Uh, Is that? Where it where it is that close to the ground? Yeah, it's probably about like a five minute walk. Ah, fair do. Are there any other sort of pubs nearby where you know sort of fans go to? Any that you'd recommend for people? Yes, yeah,
1: so you have got the Aston Social. Uh, that's a good one. You've got there's, there's one in Witten, um, and they're are the only three that are. And they got the Holt. You got the Holt pub. Uh, which is good. Oh, I don't really go in there. You've got the Holt Suite as well. So before the games, that's just under the Holt end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a there's normally a big queue to get into there as well. So I
0: I'll, I'll stay away from that <laughs> one. But yeah, there's some there's some good places to be fair. Ah, uh, fair dues, fair dues. Anywhere popular to get a bite to eat before the game? Uh, I mean, Birmingham must be some good curry houses near there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know,
1: it's Sutton Coldfield's pretty good for curry houses. Uh, Boldmere. Uh, but you've got sort of what we were, what I was saying about the match day experience getting mm. better. You, we were sort of having like Digbeth Dining Club, which is uh, loads of different little independent sort of quirky food, uh, street food businesses that were coming to Villa Park as well. So that was quite good. So you get oh, burgers, curries, yeah. stuff like that. And there was just like loads of little like pop-up tents. So that created a bit of a buzz and... I feel like stuff like that needs to happen a little bit more. Cause like you were saying about the community as well, it's, it's helping local businesses as well, isn't it? Get their name out there. And, and, uh, so that's like a street food that happens in Digbeth as well. So, uh, you know,
0: that, that, that was really good as well. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I Fine. Of course, uh, recording this sort of pre-season and everything, uh, coming out of last season's lockdown. Uh, how, is, how have the club sort of supported the fans and stayed in contact with the fans during the pandemic? Have they done anything in particular that stands out or has it just been through the screening of matches?
1: Yes, yeah, so um, we
0: had the games
1: that we missed through COVID, we had our season tickets reimbursed, which was nice. Um, so they gave us the money back for that, which you were either able to have it back as cash, give it to Acorns or put it towards your next season ticket as well. So, Sorry, like Acorns? Yeah, what? so it, you could put it towards uh, the Children's Hospital. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, they also gave us free passes to uh, like Now TV, BT Sport during lockdown when Villa were playing on those channels. Um, so that was really good as well. You were able to watch some of the games on there. Um, and yeah, that, that was that was basically it, really.
0: Um uh, that's cool though. It's good to good to see. I mean, it was, it was a difficult time for everyone, and it's just nice to hear how the clubs have, you know, still kept the relationship going with the fans. And uh,
1: no staff were. Um, I don't think no, no staff were furloughed either, so their their wages were still paid for as well. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of clubs. Were furloughing staff, getting rid of staff, but Villa chose not to as well. So, um, fair play to the owners on that
0: front as well. Yeah, all credit to them because it's so it was, it was it, the easy option was to yeah. to furlough during during that time. Hopefully, coming into next season, fans fans back through the door as sooner the better. We still don't know at this stage, but you know, what are your hopes for next season? Okay, you know, here we are in June, July. <laughs> Um, I'm hoping that there's
1: going to be forty-two thousand for the first game. Uh, I've renewed my season ticket. We've got sixty-five thousand fans going to the semi-final and final of the Euros at Wembley, mm-hmm. uh, which has been confirmed. So, my opinion, it's not one rule for one and one for the other. You can't just do it when it when it suits. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think fans have got have, have got to start going back into the stadiums. On a Villa front, I'm. Um, On a Villa front, we need to get into Europe. Uh, That's the aim. That's the aim of the owners now. Uh, Gradual progress. We finished 11th last season, which was progress on the season before. This season, we need to reach the owners' targets now. They can't keep pumping money in left, right and centre without getting anything back. So the aim has got to be Europe. Um, Keeping Jack Grealish He's going to be massive. I, I feel like we will uh, because we've improved each season and he knows that we are improving the side as well around him. He's the focal point of the team. So, yeah, the, the only way is up. And I see us having a real good season. We, we, we're spending a lot of money and we're closing the gap on the teams like Arsenal, Everton, West Ham, the teams
0: above us. So, hopefully, we can catch those and overtake them. You think you would you be up for the Conference League? The new Conference League starting? Excited for that one? Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, but I, I did wonder. I missed that, I missed that
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, to be fair, I, I'd still travel to to face the third
0: team in Azerbaijan though. Uh, why not? Why not? It's 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 part of why we love football. We certainly do. Uh, now, I mean, thanks for t- thanks for today, Luke. I've really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, the podcasts, how often do you make them? How, people who want to have a listen, where where can they find them?
1: Yeah, so they can find us on YouTube, just typing up the Villa podcast, and we're on Spotify and iTunes. So we cover all things Aston Villa. We're currently covering the Euros as well, so uh, we're doing episodes on that. But it's, it's it's just a laugh as well. It's just like, you know, we have... Male, females on people that are trying to get a career in media as well. We we just give people a chance to have their say mm. uh, and, and have a laugh basically. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's not too serious, but it's just fans, passionate
0: fans having their say. Ah great. And that they are every week, every few days? What is yeah, it? so
1: we we yeah. try and do two around two episodes a week. We'll do fan oh. reactions, so we'll react to the games. Yeah. And we'll preview the games as well. And then if there's anything sort of in the middle, like we've signed a player, we'll touch on that or a player leaving. And yeah, we just try and create content and entertainment for people, really. And, uh, you know, people could sit down and watch EastEnders or they could sit
0: down and watch us. Uh, fair play. We know which one. So pretty much all <laughs> our listeners will prefer as well. So, uh, gotta say thanks for that. And uh, your, your Twitter handle for people who want to catch up catch up yes, there it's, it's Luke Robertson 89 okay cheers say thank thanks for that uh that's it for today everyone of course I'm Adam at Google for 24 you can follow me across all the social medias as well but till next time take care and stay safe goodbye for now